Clare means business. A Clare FM exclusive podcast with Josh Prenderville. very welcome to this week's edition of Clare Means Business. I hope you're well and thank you once again for lending your ears our way. We're into another new month, March, hard to believe really, and soon it'll all be about the summer and fingers crossed it's a successful one for many businesses across Clare. Later on we'll hear about how a large percentage of businesses are now saying a shortage of leadership skills is making hiring harder. First, though, you might remember it was only a few weeks back we reported on Clare FM News about Le Hinch-based HR Locker, which announced at the time that it's to create 50 new jobs after raising €2 million in funding. As part of that expansion, the firm's head of marketing is to be promoted to its chief marketing officer. Delighted to say that Jenny Martin, who's received that good news this week, is with us on the line. Congratulations, first of all, Jenny. I mentioned that expansion there, which we're aware of, and obviously the plans for HR Locker are very ambitious. But where does your current role and indeed your new role fit into all of that? Hi, Josh. Thanks a million for having me on. Um, Yeah, I suppose uh, I started the company, started with the company in 2019, um, just as we were starting to grow and um, we've gone from 12 employees up to over 50 employees now with with uh, growth plans to extend that out for another 50 employees over the next 18 months to two years so it's been a very busy time for us um, and my role I suppose as chief marketing officer in the company is to um, build a brand in Ireland and the UK and also to bring on new leads for the company and make sure everybody in in Ireland and the UK know who HR Locker is and uh, what we do and how we can help them solve their business problems. I suppose in term, when you're talking about growth, marketing is obviously a, a huge part of that. Um, I know you guys are maybe looking at changing tack a small bit in terms of that overall brand and, and how you're, you're getting yourselves out there. And there had been a lot of emphasis on SEO search engine optimization for people who aren't aware but you're kind of branching away from that now yeah we started um when we started in 2019 i was one of the first marketing hires in uh, hr locker and we had a, a an outbound marketing approach um which basically means we had a content-led strategy where people would type in their queries on on Google and they would find HR Locker through searches on Google. But we, we changed it over to more of an inbound marketing strategy where we, we started giving away a lot of um, free resources and people would come to us and download these resources or get onto us and, um, and um, come to a webinar or a podcast and, and we would contact them afterwards and and really just have a chat with them and find out what their business problems were and and how HR Locker could fit in with those and and help them automate their business processes, especially in around HR. And has that so been kind we, of done that with that thinking in mind? There's obviously research and stuff behind it. The people are maybe coming away from the desktop side of things um, and, and looking for that more, I, I guess, that more hands-on advice and approach. Yeah, for, well, for what really worked for us, Josh, um, was when we were, when when I joined in 2019, obviously it was just before, prior to COVID, um, COVID hitting in, in 2020. And um, as a remote first company in HR Locker, you know, we we had a lot of experience with re- working with remote teams. So in, in February and March in 2020, when everybody had to go remote, 
I suppose we had the edge there on that. So we had a lot of remote working documents that, that we used ourselves in HR Locker. And we, we thought that that would be a very useful resource for a lot of companies who were just starting on their journey for remote working. Obviously, it's it's old hat to everybody now, but um, remote working was brand new back then. So I suppose we kind of took our own experience and realized it was something we could really help um, companies with. You know, those small to medium sized businesses that may not have had experience in the remote working sphere before, you know, we knew that we could help them because we were a small to medium sized business and we had done remote working. So I suppose we really started leading the charge in remote working and how to manage remote teams and, you know, to help people on their journey with remote working. So that's where it all began with us, with the um, the inbound marketing approach. And um, yeah, so COVID was the start of that for us. And it's been successful for us in the sense that, um, you know, it really has highlighted how remote working can work and how you can manage remote teams using correct the correct tech stack and having the right software in place and then obviously the right management styles as well so that's generally what we talk about when when we're when we're talking around HR Locker about how the software can help people yeah. um, manage teams remotely and flexibly are are things becoming easier for companies and, and SMEs to to manage that remote side of things and that hybrid side of things because as you mentioned for many companies I know you would have worked with with a few maybe pre-COVID but certainly post-COVID um, or, or during COVID this was relatively new and, and I guess the challenge was for, for, for employers was just trying to wrap their heads around managing issues that they'd never maybe come across before in, in remote settings or hybrid settings is that is that type of thinking becoming clearer for, for, for just from your own, uh, I suppose, info in terms of the clients that you'd be working with? Yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, obviously, you know, we had two years of, of remote or, or, you know, of hybrid working. So people had to get their head around it very quickly. Um, and just it, it's the small things, Josh, like, you know, signing HR documents or employee handbooks or people requesting annual leave or the small things like that, that, you know, generally you would have gone to your HR manager or your office manager while you were on site doing. And now that everybody had to do that remotely, you know, and trying to get their head around how, how do we how do we manage all these processes now online and remotely when teams are scattered all over the place? So generally, you know, using using the software, you know, to do that, people realize actually it's probably an easier way to do it is to do it and automate all those processes quickly. So I suppose that's been part of the growth the growth of HR Locker as well, is that it's been a, a bit of a bonus for us that people are now starting to realise that actually automating all those processes is, is a much easier way of doing things rather than than the manual processes they were using now. So it's been a benefit for the, the flexible working and the remote working um, has brought to us, I suppose, you know. Yeah, in the last few years, and you mentioned your success in the Irish market, but uh, you are looking to increase brand awareness in the UK now. Uh, what's yes. going to be the strategy in 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 terms of that? Because that that's obviously it's obviously a bigger market. Um, there there's certain companies that would have a presence there already. So, how how do you feel that you can go about that? Um, in terms of ensuring HR Locker has a footprint over there. Well, obviously, as you say, we have a we have a very um. We have a very well-known brand here in Ireland. I think everybody knows our little HR Locker logo. By this stage, we've we've appeared in um, trade shows all over the country. And, um, 
you know, we're, we're well known here. So the, the idea with behind it is to build a brand. We would go to a lot of shows, but our main driving strategy would be to build a partner network in the UK and um, to go through the partners, really. Um, that's going to be the, the starting starting blocks anyway for us is to try and bring as many partners on board. Um, you know, we'll we'll do some co-marketing with them, get our name out there in the UK, start going to a new show, uh, to, to some shows that will highlight the brand as well and um, really get get the partners on board to to bring us into the companies that they work with. So that would be our strategy for the UK um, in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, is there any anything different in terms of an approach when you're looking to branch a new market like that? Or is it just a case of building on the success that you've had here? Yeah, it, it, it's really building on the success we've had here and taking the learnings that we've taken here in Ireland and replicating them out in the UK. But it's also about building relationships and making sure that, you know, we have a very strong cultural piece in HR Locker. Um, I know that you've spoken to Adam a good few times before. And, mm. you know, we lean very heavily on our, our culture in HR Locker. Um, we've had very, very low uh, employment churn. We've, like anybody who's come on in the last few years, has stayed with us. People are very happy working with the company. And that course filters down in through the organization all the way down to when we're building the product out as well. So, you know, that good, strong cultural base also will be spread across, you know, when we're talking to our partners, we want to make them understand that we, we're very invested in any companies that we bring on and in the partnerships that we bring on. Um, we're very strong in our customer success where we think that we give fantastic customer support to anybody we bring on. So they'll be our leading um, our leading strategies when we're going over to the UK. Our, um, you know, our strong um, customer success side of things definitely will, will be something we'll be leaning on. And just lastly, I, I as far as I know, this is sort of a 12-18 month uh, strategy now in terms of really building that profile in the UK. But more longer term, is there maybe room to branch out even beyond that, if that's a success, of course. Absolutely, Josh. Yeah, that would be the plan for the, the five-year plan, as we say. We'd like to go out into more um, English-speaking markets, obviously. Um, so I suppose we have to wait and see what happens over the next 18 months. But yeah, the plan for at the moment is to keep on building our brand here in Ireland um, start building our brand in the UK, bring on our partnership channel in the UK, and then I suppose we'll we'll take it from there. Exciting times ahead, um, and and many thanks for your time as well, and and continued success uh, to yourself and and your colleagues going forward. Uh, great to see you doing so well, uh, Jenny Martin, uh, Chief Marketing Officer uh, with Lahinch based HR Locker. Thanks very much for speaking with us on Claire Means Business. Thanks very much, Josh. Best of luck to Jenny, to HR Locker CEO Adam Coleman and all the rest of the crew at the company based, of course, in Le Hinch as they continue to implement that really ambitious growth strategy going forward. Safe to say the world of human resources has certainly changed an awful lot in the last number of years, so it all does feel rather timely. Now, though, for something different and research released by CIPD Ireland this week shows a lack of leadership skills is causing significant problems for recruiters at a quarter of Irish businesses. The figures, the first to be revealed from the organisation's annual HR Practices in Ireland survey for 2023, which has been conducted in conjunction with the Kemi Business School at the University of Limerick. Mary Connachton of CIPD Ireland is with me. Thanks for your time, Mary. What are we defining as leadership skills then, firstly, and why are so many businesses having difficulty in finding them? 
Um, okay, thanks, Josh. Good to talk to you. Um, what the research is highlighting, and it comes up in two different questions, was the gap in leadership skills when it comes to recruiting. So, um, organizations who are struggling to recruit, seeing that the fact that they don't necessarily have the leadership skills to encourage people to apply and be managed well is a drawback. And then elsewhere, we found that for 39% of organizations, leadership development is a top priority for 2023. And what we think is part of what is behind that is the way in which um, organizations have expanded and recently so we have been seeing overall a growing labor force and I know we've talked before about the, the difficulty in actually finding some of the, the right skills but what that has meant is that organizations who are now looking to promote people into managers or team leading positions are often um, doing that with people who may not have a high level of experience or haven't been invested in in terms of development and that is a growing gap that they're experiencing and now what they're doing is they're turning to say, actually, for 2023, we need to invest more in our people managers because the responsibility is much more on people managers to be able to be part of the process to attract, engage and retain people. I th what we're hearing is the broader context is around the new ways of working for many organizations hmm. when they're trying to sort of stabilize into uh, like a remote stroke hybrid environment. Okay. And because we've been sort of piloting that really and testing that over the past year, it's now becoming stabilized for many organizations into, you know, a, a blended way of working of maybe two or three days a week. And hence, you know, now we're saying, well, OK, if that's how we're working, what are the leadership skills that we need to be able to embed our culture correctly? And maybe they're um, slightly different compared to, a, I, I suppose, what would have been considered a more traditional uh, environment pre-COVID. But you, you don't feel it's necessarily an education issue then in, in, in terms of maybe people coming out, out of third level or whatever the case might be that aren't necessarily being equipped with those skills. It, it's a case of the career ladder and, and some people having to jump up maybe three steps in, instead of one as it might have been previously. Yes, it's part of that. Now, I mean, there are some um, disciplines in college that people will come out with a greater understanding of leadership, but for some of the disciplines, they'll be quite technically focused. Um, and it is getting sort of that balance between, you know, have you got the people skills to engage and lead people, which might be different from, you know, if you're originally recruited as a technical expert. So if you're in the IT sector, you'll have been brought in for your technical discipline and your technical skills. And now more and more companies are looking to make sure they're bringing in people with the right mindset. But that means that they will want to develop them and make sure, particularly around how you manage people and leadership, it reflects the organization culture. So it's, I suppose, because of, um, you know, the expansion that's been happening and the challenges around both ways of working and COVID and skill gaps. Mm. Now, there hasn't been a sufficient investment internally in that development of leaders to make them more future focused and capable of doing the people management that will really make people thrive and perform in the environment. Because I know you mentioned this earlier as well, but um, in terms of uh, businesses being asked uh, about their priorities for the next two years, a quarter chose hybrid working. Another 19% looked at digitalization and technology and, and, and nearly 40% looked at uh, leadership development. But we've developed in so many ways, particularly post-COVID in, in that remote working space, the digitalization space. But to an extent, has the, the 
person to person, that type of interaction that's required from a leader or a manager possibly been neglected, maybe for good reason in terms of the panic that so many businesses had during COVID, etc., in, in terms of keeping up with the pace of things like remote working, that that side of things has maybe been forgotten about a small bit. Um, yes, and, and, and certainly it definitely needs more attention because we know for um, leaders, they still get pulled into being focused on, well, what's the task and what's the delivery? And if that's where the emphasis is, and particularly with the level of variable crisis that we've been uh, experiencing um, or responding to, you know, the, um, the, the, the time is often not invested fully in, um, in those having those one-to-one conversations. So what we also see a need for is in terms of, you know, um, identifying future managers and leaders and putting them into new roles, you actually need to make sure that they have the time in their role to actually invest in the people because it can be very easy get sucked into being task focused and then the conversations that will help develop people and coach them and you know address performance issues take a second place so we have quite a bit of catching up to do in relation to it and i think what our research this year is showing us is that it has now become forefront in people's minds. So that means it's a risk if we don't tackle it. And it's great to see it is a priority. It's been there as a, as a priority in the past, but not getting called out to the extent that it is in for 2023. So it's good to see that, that, you know, this is one that is actionable and closing. I mean, it's harder when you have skill gaps and, you know, the labour market is so tight, but this is one that organisations can actually proactively go and invest in and develop the leaders that they need to deliver for the future. Are there respondents to this surveys across sector, across industry, SMEs, big corporations, is is there a mix there or is it because I suppose when people maybe think of a leader or a manager, they might automatically think of, uh, you know, somebody who's who's well dressed in, in an office on the 20th floor and there's a big conglomerate down below them and hundreds of employees. But that's not always the case when it comes to leaders, obviously. No, not at all. I think the, 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 the definition of leadership has changed quite dramatically. Our survey would um, be uh, right across the country and have quite representation from like public, private sector and, and some uh, charities too. We would have fewer um, of small companies, so there'd be fewer under 100 employees, um, but um, some of them would be represented in it. Um, but I think overall in many businesses now, the the concept of leadership has changed because a lot of people in their roles are expected expected to show leadership whether that be on and how you just work with your your colleagues or whether it be on managing a pro a project and of people or even leadership around technical expertise so there is a, a wider definition of leaders being a lot more people in an organization than what we might call the traditional c suite and we know that like um you know um the c-suite decisions have to get translated and action through the organization and that means um you know various different managers team leaders supervisors being able to you know take those corporate messages and and mm. um, make them real and come alive for individuals and bring people with them on a day-to-day basis what do businesses need to prioritize in order to be able to prioritize leadership if that makes sense because i guess in your research they've identified 
that leadership needs to be prioritised. But there are obviously going to be steps that they need to take in order to prioritise that. Is it just a case of investment in training or, or what are the steps that they need to take? So some of the steps are around um, calling out the expectation that um, looking after your people is very much part of the leadership of, of managers' roles, um, so that managers are clear that actually I do need to assign you know a chunk of my time into that and not let that time get lost on the actual activity or task um, or customer. Um, and that to get things done through people. So that's one key element. Another is about the culture. And we know many organizations talk about being people focused and having and having, um, you know, people as, as part of it. And it's about bringing that to life a bit more. So making people centered decisions, but talking more about the people and the leaders doing that and making that as critically important in what they're saying about the organization and also what they're awarding. So how well are they rewarding, say, when it comes to, um, you know, pay reviews or if they've bonuses, how well are you rewarding the people? who are investing in their people and developing their people, not just the ones that might be getting the job done. And then the other point then is that development. We know there is a development gap at the moment. So organizations do practically need to invest in that. But that's not always high expensive because you can do that through, um, you know, buddying and through using technology for some of that, as well as then um, getting people to engage and build their skills in a, in a collaborative way. Really interesting advice, and I'm sure many businesses in this county will indeed be taking that very much on board. Um, Mary Connaughton, Director of CIPD Ireland, uh, thanks very much for your time and for speaking with us on Clare Means Business. Really interesting analysis from Mary and CIPD Ireland and indeed the Kemi Business School at UL there. The world of business is ever-changing as we know and as we've discussed throughout this edition of the podcast. But as you heard there, there are skills that can't and won't be going out of fashion anytime soon. And it's important that we continue to develop a workforce that has those. However, for now, that's where time has beaten us for this week's edition of Clear Means Business. Thanks for clicking or swiping our way and listening to us for the last while, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with a brand new edition next week, looking at the great and good in business across County Clare. But in the meantime, stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll chat to you next Friday. You've been listening to an exclusive Claire FM podcast presented by Josh Prenderville. Log on each week to hear Claire Means Business.